Well, praise God. Yes, what a great morning already, and excited about excited about what God's going to do in your hearts and lives this week. What He's already started today, but as we continue to make those declarations that Jesus is Lord of these things, and as Stephen was talking about doing the diagnostic, you know, letting God uh, stir in our hearts, and so point things out. Amen. 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 That was a painful. It was it was agreeing, but it was painful. Amen. Oh, this is going to be miserable. But it's a good misery because there's freedom on the other side of it. We started a kind of a new little series. It might be a week or two. I don't know. It might be a couple more than that. Who, who, who can know these things? The Lord knoweth, and he not telleth. <laughs> so we're in Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is about the word of God. And this is one of the verses from Psalm 119. We had, up, we had this slide up last time. Your word, Lord, is eternal. Say eternal. It stands forever. And the Word of God, and, and we talked about last time, so much information coming in and kind of causing anxiety, and we're trying to process everything. You need to have a plumb line. You need to have something that's, that's not going to change, that's not going to move, that's not going to morph over the weeks, months, years. And, and the Word of God is the same today as it was in 1965, as it was in 1403, as it was in 897, as it was... Right? From the beginning of the creation of the Word of God, when it was written, it, it remains the same. And that's a, that's a standard, that's a plumb line that we can apply our heart to. And, and uh, we uh, did, got, to, got to witness uh, Ben and Emily's wedding yesterday up at the Jorgensen Farm, and uh, it was warm, it was beautiful, it was exciting, and... Uh, it was also, I kind of mentioned as I was doing the wedding, it's just, it's so wonderful in this, in this day and age when everything seems so bizarre and changing faster than we can keep up with it. You know, the, the idea of marriage came from God's heart. It came from the Father's heart. Like it wasn't creation of man. It wasn't something that we came up with. It was God said it's not good for man to be alone. And so he created. Now we can kind of come up with all kinds of weird definitions for it and we can, you know, you just every week, it seems like you're reading some weird new headline and people just doing bizarre things and you can marry your dog now or whatever. Like, that's, that's not what God calls marriage. Whatever you fit in there, that's not one man and one woman joined together for covenant. Like, that's what marriage is. That's what, that, and, and, and that doesn't come from church. That doesn't come from a group of people sitting around in a church. It comes from the word of God. Hopefully the people in the church agree with that and say that that's what that is, but it's the word of God. And so we keep coming back to the word of God. I had a, Kerry Newhoff, a guy I listen to quite often, he says, the culture isn't suffering from a lack of information, it's suffering from a lack of meaning. And I just thought that was such a good quote, and Kerry uh, is one of the best, one of the best question askers. I listen to him. He interviews people, uh, mostly in the church world, but he just asks such great questions, and he's got a lot of wisdom. And so he said that we're not struggling because we need to know more. And sometimes, like, awareness is a good thing, you know, like, I mean, we'll even talk about that a little bit, but it's not just having more information. When the internet came out, we thought, all right, society's going to get a lot better now because we're going to know a lot more. Since the internet came out, did society get a lot better? <laughs> I think, I don't, I, like there's some advancements in some things that, that's wonderful and helpful to all of us. But for the most part, the human heart 
is still the human heart, no matter if it's behind a computer or a desk or on riding a horse. It is the human heart that is the source of the evil because we listen to the wrong voices and we don't line our lives up with the Word of God. So we, we started this little series on Psalm 119. Do you guys remember anything about Psalm 119? Kind of any of the touch points? Uh, like it's what? It's long. <laughs> It is long. If, you, if anyone knows anything about Psalm 119, usually they're like, well, I know it's, well, it's long. It's really long. It's, uh, it's an acrostic. Like, like uh, if you're going to teach on, oh, like, like, like the Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. That's an acrostic, right? Because each word starts with the let, you know, right, first letter or whatever. And so Psalm 119 is an acrostic. So there's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so Aleph is the first, first one. And so Aleph, there's, there's uh, eight verses that are start with the letter Aleph. And then there'll be eight more verses that start with, I think Beth is the next one. And then there's eight more verses that start with the next letter, whatever the next letter is. I don't know the Hebrew alphabet. But as they were memorizing this, that would help them memorize it. So the subject, if you're going to pick one subject for Psalm 119, it's the Word of God. It's talking about the Word of God. It's how do I live out? What is the Word of God going to do in my life? How, how will it affect me? And so we're super excited about diving into Psalm 119 and finding out more about the Word of God. So J.A. Moiter, I'm not sure who he is, but he's a commentary guy. He said this, we tend to be busy, noisy, distractible people in a busy, noisy, distracting world. Anyone resemble that comment? Right? We just get, uh, we're kind of rats in the cage sometimes, we're just run in the maze. He said, this psalm teaches us to say, quote, I need time to listen and think if I'm ever going to converse with God. I just want to read that again. We tend to be busy in a noisy and distracted world. This psalm, Psalm 119, says, I need time to listen and think if I'm ever going to talk with God. In a culture of instant information, this psalm rewards the slow. Like, just, hey, look at me for a second. Look at, just tune into me. Look at me. Look at me. Right? Remember, the, just like once in a while, Marnie... Marnie will just grab my face, or the kids will grab my face. Look at me. <laughs> right? This psalm rewards the slow. And I, one thing, if you've heard it from me once, you've heard it a hundred times, slow down when you're reading your Bible. I love doing the, like, I do a, they'll read through the Bible in the year. I read through the Bible every year. Like, and you're, you're ticking off some chunks of Scripture some days. But you've got to, in the middle of that, you've got to find some time where you, you shift it down into super low, right? Field gear. <laughs> not road gear, field gear. And you, Alan, is there even a field gear? That's not even a farming word, is it? I just made something up. Get into field gear, and you go slow, and you read each word, and, and you just, just marinate on that. You slow down. Psalm 119 is like that. Granny gear. Okay, granny gear. Super low. Super low. Okay, well, I got, I'm getting educated this morning. Super low or granny gear. You got to get into super low or granny gear. It says that, he says this. If you speed read Psalm 119, all you get is Psalm 119 is about the Bible. 
<laughs> and that's what, when I ask you guys, it's long. It's about the Bible, right? Psalm 119 is this extended, long youth group Wednesday night. They read through out loud. Every kid got to read, and they read through Psalm 119 because we have phenomenal youth leaders. And they're like, all right, we're talking about Psalm 119. We're going to read through it. Maddie, did you read most of it? <laughs> so they, if you just try to power your way through Psalm 119, you're just going to get like, it's about the Bible, I guess. Now, other sections of scripture, genealogies and kind of stories, you know, if you're, if you're reading the story of Ruth, like you can read a chapter or two and you can really get what's going on. But somewhere you've got to slow down and let the word of God just stir in your heart a little bit. So then he goes on to say this, but if you take it slow and you live it out, you find yourself saying things like this, you are good and you do good, or I am yours, because like, that comes from Psalm 119. Learning to say that out loud and mean it will change your life forever. Let me tell you something. Let me, let me just tell you something as a cool God thing and as a pastor. This is hot off the press. This is right now. I put these two quotes in. I'm always, the hardest thing about the message is knowing what to take out. Right, Jim? Like you get, you get all this good stuff and you spend a whole week or, or months putting this together. And then you're like, well, this isn't going to get done in a half hour. What, what do we got to take out of here? What, what else do we got to take out? I just, I don't know. I just, I'm like, we're talking about the word of God. I don't know. This last line here. I'm like learning to say that out loud and mean it. You're always trying to keep things moving along. I want, I want, there's only so much we can absorb. And so I'm like, I don't know if I've, and here, what did we talk about all morning today? About our words, about declarations. And I love that God happened to have this slide in there where he's talking about the word of God and saying it out loud. How beautiful is that, that God knew what was going to be stirring already this morning when I was putting these slides together and didn't like the end of this slide. Not that it's not biblical. I'm like, because you can't tell everyone everything all the time. So I just love that the Holy Spirit kept that in there. And he's like, if you read this slow and you just you start living this out, you're gonna unwittingly, you're just gonna like subconsciously just start start speaking the word of God that you've been reading. If you read it slow and you read it consistently, Psalm 119, and this is what he's saying about that, you're gonna start saying you are good and you do good. Right? And you come in the middle of things where it doesn't look good, you're just out of your mouth. You're just gonna hear yourself say, God, you are good and you do good. Oh. Oh man, I, before I would have said, this is horrible and I don't really like it. And, you know, now you're quoting the Psalms. And so that's what he's saying. And Warren Wiersbe, I said this last time, the way we treat the word of God is the way that we treat the God of the word. And it's so easy for us to want to follow God, right? And if we're not in the word, well, what God are we following? And the Word of God gives us a very clear description of who He is, of His expectations, of His blessings, of His interaction with us. Like, the Word of God is our revelation. Now, we get revelation outside of that. It's to fits, it has to fit with the Word of God, but the Holy Spirit speaks to us and nudges us. We see His, the Bible, the Bible tells us that we see revelation of God in nature. So I'm not saying that the Word of God is the only place, but it's the ultimate place. It's the one by which all others are judged, is the Word of God. So today, Psalm 119, as we get into it, we're going to be talking about being blessed. Who wants to be blessed? All right, six of you, great. The rest of you, I don't know what you're going to do, but your life's not going to be amazing. 
Who wants to be blessed? Oh, we're not, I, think, I think we got less. <laughs> I think we went from six to five. Trust me, you want to be blessed. And if you're reading the Old Testament, again, it's, it's a, different, a different time, it's a different culture, but the principles are true. The blessing was a huge thing in Israel culture, Hebrew culture. The blessing, like Jacob and Esau, you ever heard of those guys? Right? That was, that was a huge thing, inheriting that blessing. Right? And so as they would bless people, uh, Balak and Balaam, the talking donkey. Anyone ever heard of the talking donkey in the Word of God? Okay? Balak hired Balaam to try to pronounce a curse over Israel, and he said, I can only do what God says, you know, whatever, whatever. And, and so he ends up blessing Israel, and the king's mad. You're blessing them when you're supposed to be cursing them, right? And this is things that are going on. And it was just speaking. And we talked about it today, speaking that out. There's a blessing. That's why, that's why we want to be so careful with our words. And that's not what we're talking about today, but we're talking about the power of blessing. There's a blessing that comes on our life that, like, it affects us in real life. It affects our everyday activities. So we're talking about the blessing of obeying God's word. So we go to Psalm 119. Here we go. We're getting right into it today. We're only re reading this, these first four verses today. We are not going to be in a 400-week series on Psalm 119, but, but we're only doing four verses today. It says, blessed. Say blessed. Blessed, blessed are those who are, whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. And I don't, if you weren't here last time, there's eight main words that Psalm 119 uses for the Word of God, just because it's an acrostic and it's kind of poetic, like they use different words. So the Word of God, the law of God, His ordinances, precepts, commands, uh, testimonies, I forget the other ones, but statutes are one of them, ways are another one of them. So blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed, say blessed. Blessed, blessed are those who keep his statutes, his word, and who seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts or laws or commands or the word of God that are to be fully obeyed. And this same guy, Jay Moiter, that we read earlier, he says, typical of the whole psalm, the opening assertion, the opening section asserts that obedience to the word of God is key to life. Doubly blessed are those who live by his word with constancy and commitment. For it is, I love this line, for it is his word and he intended it to be obeyed. So what he's doing, what, what the Psalms are doing is what the rest of the word of God is doing. It's laying out a pathway for you guys to be blessed. So who wants to be blessed? Yeah, absolutely. So it's not enough to just come before the Lord and say, God, I love you. Now bless me. Like, that's great. And you can pray that. But God's already revealed. He's revealed it. He's revealed. It would be much akin to us walking in the fellowship hall. And uh, or, or let's do it here because there's no, there's no, uh, you, can, you can see me here. And I'm just going up. I want to get on stage. I just want to get on stage. Why can't I get on stage? God, help me to get on stage. He's like, there's a way right there. It's open. Be like going up to the doorway there and going along and just bumping into the wall. I can't believe the Lord's made my life so miserable. I just want to get out of this building. And someone's like, hello, use the door. 
the scripture reveals doorways of blessing for us. And we can throw fits and scream and raise our fist at God and say, God, I love you. How come you're not blessing my life? And he's like, well, did you walk through the doors? I don't know, <laughs> right? There's all these doors, like, okay, there's all these revealed things. I'm so thirsty. There's the sink. Our, our kitchen faucet broke this week. We're leaving town, and we're leaving our poor kids with no running water in the kitchen. <sighs> it's all right. We have other sinks. But I tried, uh, yeah, we tried tirelessly to get them some running water. But anyways, if the sink was working, you know, anyone, anyone ever had a kid do that? <laughs> so thirsty. Turn the faucet on and put a glass under it, right? There's a revelation here, okay? But I want some water. Put the glass, turn the thing on, right? It's not that hard. And that's what this is really kind of talking about, is that there's revelations in the word of God of how to walk in the blessing of God. Do you want to walk in the blessing of God, yes or no? Yes, more and more of you are getting on board with being blessed today. I like that. Since the whole lesson's about being blessed, you, sh you should want to be. And I want to be. I want to be blessed of God. So we're going to talk about, we're just going to jump through, that's, that, this is our lesson today. We're going to jump through a few sections of scripture because Psalm 119 starts with this idea of the word of God blessing our lives, obeying the word, following the word. It's going to bring blessing to our lives. So that's, we're going to jump around in a few places I think I have uh, six of them, five of them, or six of them. And look at some of the like specific blessings. Now, there's more blessings tied up in this, but we're just going to kind of name some of these. So we're looking at the blessing of success versus frustration. Anyone ever had frustration before? Six of you again. Okay. You're probably the same six that want to be blessed. No. All right. Joshua 1.8 says this. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. That's, he's talking about the word of God. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. How many of you want to prosper? And, how many would love for that to describe your life? Prosper and successful. I think me. I would like that. Sign me. If there's a sign-up sheet or whatever there is, there is a sign-up sheet. Look at the verse. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Very interesting how we talk so much about words today, and we keep finding all of this stuff in my slides that was not about words, but we're seeing that the word of God should be on your lips. My lips. Right? The word of God should be on your lips, not just on your bumper stickers and fridge magnets. Put it on your lips. Speak it out loud. Say it. Say it. Say the word of God. Declare the word of God. Speak it over your life. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. So there's these things that we need to do. The word of God is the central part of it, but just like mom said earlier, do it. <laughs> Great that you got it. Just do it. Like, do it. So he's talking about this word of God, and he's talking about meditating on this. So let's look at the word studying. How, how many have ever done Bible study, or you went to a Bible study, or you've got a study Bible? Okay, that is super important. So studying, 
It's taking a deep dive into the word. You're finding out what, you know, what was the culture like? What does this Greek word mean? What, is it, what does this mean for my life today? You're studying, you're studying the Bible. Conversely, meditation is the word of God taking a deep dive into our souls. They're, they're opposite, they're two sides of the same coin. We get really excited about Bible study. We're going to study the Word. We're going to get into it. We're going to see what this means. We're going to read, read our little study Bible notes. If you don't have a study Bible, you should get one. You really should get one. A study Bible is so important for our growth. You don't need one. You and the Holy Spirit is enough. But if you have the means and you have the ability, and use all the tools that you can, right? God, if there's two hammers there, God never said you can only use one. Like, you can use all the tools to grow that we can get. And so we talk a lot about Bible study. We talk pretty much 0.01% about Bible meditation. We don't think about that a lot. We don't think about Bible meditation. And that's exactly what I'm trying to say when slow down, slow down. Imagine yourself in the scene that's taking place. Why was God saying this? Why did they respond that way? Why was the crowd angry? Why was he sad to begin with? What happened? What was going on? And you're just meditating on the word of God. Are you still with me? Stay awake for this part. It's good. Well, meditation sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but God invented it, not any other weird people. Okay? Meditation is one of those words that we're like, yeah, we shouldn't talk about that. Yeah, we should. You want to meditate on the Word of God. Getting the Word of God into your mind and heart and letting it stir around. So we want to dive deep into the Word, but we also want the Word of God to dive deep into us. And some of the best revelation that I have ever gotten, they're like, oh, this is life-changing, has been as I've sat with the Word of God with one line or one word or one idea and just sit. Anyone ever done that? You just let it meditate. You just let it marinate. You just let it stir around and, and gross, but regurgitate. You know, you just bring it back up and just, just let it coat your heart. And pretty soon you're going to be like, oh, I wonder if the, oh, ooh, I wonder if I, oh, God, you're talking to me about that right now, aren't you? And it's beautiful and it's powerful and the word of God comes alive to you. So let's go back to the verse again. The book of instruction must not depart from your mouth and you're to meditate on it day and night so that you might carefully observe everything. So you have to obey. So talk about it, meditate on it, and obey it. Then you'll prosper and succeed. That's a lot different than, well, I love Jesus. How come I'm not blessed and everything's taken care of in my life, right? One is me partnering my life with God because as I partner, as I do the work, God starts to shift and change and adjust things that bring me into blessing. Okay, let's move on. Psalm 146, verses 7 through 9 says this. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and he sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the way of the wicked. So this is the contrast between being prosperous and successful or having your ways frustrated. I don't want to have my ways frustrated. I tried three different used faucets in my kitchen. 
And I actually had the thought laying there last night because I was preparing this message. And I'm like, Lord, are you frustrating my ways? Am I being, like, is there, like, is there, I honestly did this. Is there hidden sin in my life? Like, am I not walking in the blessing of God? I'm supposed to be teaching on the blessing of God following his word. And here it looks like I'm being frustrated. I don't, I didn't get a clear answer, so I think I'm good. But like, I'm like, Lord, search my heart. Like, I don't, like, I want to have good examples for the church, not bad examples. So I'm guessing that the Lord is making my way prosper in another way that maybe the kids are supposed to learn something without water and not be ungrateful little brats. I don't know. I don't know what the lesson of the Lord is, but it's his fault, not mine. Oh, okay. See, so you're right. It, I'm sure it is with me. So I was out in, in, uh, in a field taking a faucet off of an old sink and providing free lunch for thousands of mosquitoes and uh, put that faucet on. It looked amazing. Got it all in there, hooked it all up, turned the thing on, psh, water, because it sat out over the winter. The pipe had busted on the, on the faucet. It looked perfect until you hooked it up. I'm like, oh, no. So now it's like dark. So I run back out to the pasture again. I've got my truck headlights pointed out and running through tall grass, covered in wood ticks, covered in bugs, taking out, I flipped a cabinet over, gouged up my whole leg, and I'm like, <laughs> trying not to drop tools because I'd never find them again, get the second faucet off, run back home, and I'm looking at them, there's no busted pipes on there. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be great. Take the old faucet out, put the next new faucet in, hook it all up, and like the guts of the faucet start spraying out water. <laughs> like, oh man. This is terrible. So I get on the phone and I'm like, I'm running out of people that have used kitchen faucets laying around. Cause we've got one ordered, but we're leaving town. So we're trying to just get a Band-Aid fix, right? And so, yeah, someone way up north has got one. So Friday morning I run way up there and I get this faucet and, and he's like, well, the gaskets are kind of weird, but it's gonna be great. It's gonna work fine. So I go home and put that in. So my third faucet. So last night, after the wedding, we get back, and I, on the way back, I told Marnie, well, I'm sure not working on a faucet when I get back. Well, I'd gone outside, we cleaned the van for our trip and whatever, and I'm like, I should work on the faucet a little bit. Because I had one new hose that had a gasket that looked about like the old gasket on that faucet. So I pried that out so I didn't rip it, pried the old gasket out, sat it in there, it was a little taller than it should have been, hook it all up, turn the water on, perfect. Like, all right, well, at least they can have hot water to do dishes and stuff. Take the third or the old faucet up, put that one actually in, hook that up. I'm like, all right. And Aspen's like, we got hot water and turn it on. And we got tools under the sink and we look down there, there's water running everywhere. I'm like, well, it's because there's a mixing valve in there and the other line wasn't hooked up. I'm like, oh, so we took some Teflon tape and we wrapped that all up. And I said, we won't use it, but it'll hopefully, you know, we'll stick a bucket under it and hopefully it'll work. Yeah, we turn it on, it leaks from a third place. <laughs> the Lord frustrates the ways of the wicked. And I don't know if I've got an evil heart or if the Lord is dealing with me severely or just teaching me patience. Yes. And so I'm laying there and it was so uncanny. Three faucets and the third faucet had three things wrong with it. And I'm just trying to help my kids because we're more, it doesn't matter me. You know, the new one will be here when I get back. So I'm like, no skin off my back, but I'm trying to help my poor kids, and I don't know. I guess, I don't, right? That could be the lesson, I don't know. 
Let's talk about the blessing of supernatural, <laughs> yeah, supernatural provision and divine intervention. Okay? Leviticus 26, 3 through 5 says this. If you follow my statutes and you faithfully observe my command, okay, the commands of God, do them. Like, follow the word of God. I'll give you rain at the right time. Who's got control over the rain? Not you, right? Jesus does. I'll give you rain at the right time, and the land will yield its produce. The trees of the field will bear their fruit. Your threshing will continue until grape harvest, and the grape harvest will continue until sowing time. You'll have plenty of food to eat, and you'll live securely in the land. I'll give peace to the land, and you'll lie down with nothing to frighten you. I'll remove dangerous animals from the land, and no sword will pass through your land. I'll pursue your enemies, or you will pursue your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will pursue a hundred. hundred of you will pursue 10,000, and your enemies will fall before you by the sword. But that's all predicated on you following the commands of the Lord. But I just want you to know that there's a blessing in it. Well, I should go to church and I should follow the Bible because you know that's what I should do. And like, no, there's a blessing in it. There's a blessing in being obedient. There's a blessing in following God's commands. Over and over and over, we're seeing all these different verses. There's a blessing. All right, blessed. The blessing of preservation. What in the world are we talking about? I don't know. Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 and 2 says, This is the command, the statutes and ordinances that the Lord God has commanded me to teach you so that you may follow them in the land that you're about to enter and possess. Do this that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your preservation, preservation of your heart. We pray that over our kids, and I pray that over the... When I, every, anytime when I'm walking through the church praying for our youth group and our little kids, I try to remember to pray that. Lord, let these kids follow you all the days of their life. Let their hearts be soft to you. God, I pray that they would hear your voice. I pray that you'd give them hearing ears and, and seeing eyes and hearing under, understanding hearts, and they would, be, they would serve you and follow you all the days of their life. I pray that all the time, that all the days of your life that the Lord's going to be with you. Keeping by keeping all the his statutes and commands I'm giving you, giving to you and to your son and to your grandson, so that, so that you may have a long life. There's a benefit of following the Lord. There's a benefit of preservation. He's preserving, he's preserving your tender heart and he's preserving your life. Amen? Yep. Are you still with me? We're, go, we're cruising through these fast, I know it, but just, just the point is this. Over and over and over, we see that there's the word of God that's unchanging. Part two, if I follow that word, equals blessing in my life. There's a blessing to following God's word. Stop thinking of it as this, this heavy, burdensome duty that just because there's a, there's a God up, in, up there somewhere that's ready to whack you with a stick. It's an open door for you to walk through blessing. Let the word of God be your plumb line. If there's something that in your life that doesn't line up with that, then change your life because the word's not changing. All right? The blessing of thriving fruitfulness. <laughs> How many want to be thriving? That's a great word. You're like, I I'm, just, I'm not even answering anymore. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, here we go. Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the companies of mockers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. If you're not in the place where the word of God delights your heart, just pray about that. Say, God, help me to, help me to shift my affections. Help me to shift my soul to a place where I love your word. 
where I love your word. And I told you guys last time, I used to dread Psalm 119. Linda said the same thing. I used to dread, it was just was so long. I'm just trying to get through this, right? I just, I'm, not, I'm not proud of that. <clears throat> and the Lord was so gracious to just peel the curtain back. And now when I look at it, I'm like, oh, this is like a treasure that I just kept stepping over all the time. I'm like, oh, I got to go around that thing again. Here's this massive treasure chest of just goodness of God. And so it's so beautiful. So whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who, wait a minute, meditates, meditates, there's that word again, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Don't raise your hands or say anything out loud, but have you ever known someone who just, it, it seems like they've got so much potential, but it, it just, they're almost kind of withered? Or have you ever felt withered? I sure have. And there's this, this I don't know what you want to call it, this positioning of thriving and bearing fruit that the, that the gifts that God's planted in your life it's going to bear fruit. That your, that your parenting is bearing fruit in your kids. That your working at work is going to be recognizing because you're coming early, staying late, and you're, you're doing what needs to be done. And, and it's going to be fruitful. People are going to recognize the hand of God working in your life. And you're going to be like a tree. Well, who is? Those whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who follow those precepts, who, don't, who, who stay clear of those other places. You're going to be like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever you do prospers. Man, what a great word. All right. I think, nope, I think we got two more. The blessing of guidance, direction, peace, and righteousness. <laughs> a lot of them in that one. Isaiah 48. This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel says. I'm the Lord, your God, who teaches you because I'm the boss and you better listen to me or I'm just going to smote you. No, he says, who teaches you for your benefit, who leads you in the way that you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commands, the word of God, then your peace would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. I don't know about you, but I know about me. And I know that there's times in my life where I've cried out to the Lord because I'm anxious and rattled up inside and there's no peace to be found and God's just like, yeah, you following my commands? Are you, are you walking in the ways of the Lord? Oh, like Stephen said, let's, let's do a diagnostic here. And often we can find ways that, oh, wow. Ooh, I didn't even notice that. Yikes. The word of God is truth. And it shows us what we need to be doing. All right. This is the last one. The blessing of spiritual self-awareness and freedom. James, New Testament here, he says, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Pull a Maryland and do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but not, does not do it is someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I love that this morning has fit together so perfectly. Stephen was talking about doing a diagnostic and that's what I was going to talk about on this slide. This, the, like, the... The spiritual self-awareness, that's exactly what Stephen was talking about. Just coming before the Lord, and that's what this verse is saying. Don't just get into the word and then just be like, oh, all right, and walk away. Let it examine you. Let it meditate on it. Let it, let it 
Let it point out the things that, that are inhibiting blessing and holding you back. And he says, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. There's, like, there's freedom in it. And who, who continues in that, there's that preservation again, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, Marilyn, they'll be blessed in what they do. You're make me do it. Yeah, right? It, yep. It's, it's all on you now. <laughs> will be blessed in what they do. So we see Old Testament, we see New Testament. We see the blessing of God by peering into the word, slowing down, let you read the word of God, but then let the word read you. Let it self-assess. Let it, let it give you the areas that just don't line up. And, and not to beat you over the head with it, but f- like the previous slide, for your benefit. It's for your benefit. It's to bless you for crying out loud. We fight against it so much. Well, God's going to tell me that I can't do that anymore. It's for your benefit. It's for your blessing. It's to, to present your life and place it in the flow of the river where the blessings of God are. All right, just the last slide as we just close out today. Back to Psalm 119. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all of their heart. Now, how many want to be blessed? Come on. And we've got an open door for that. Or the word of God, we get into the word of God. And we say, yes, God, I, want to, I don't want to just read the word. I want to follow the word. And then I want the word of God to read me. Examine my heart. I want to meditate on this. I want, to, I want it to be on my lips. I want to make these declarations. And God promises that if you position yourself that way, he'll position your life for blessing. We want to be blessed. Amen. God, we just pray for the blessing of the Lord to be upon us. And I pray that you would nudge our hearts, Lord, to get into your word. God, that this wouldn't be a Sunday-only thing, that throughout the week we would crack open our Bibles or open up our apps. And I just pray that we would let the word of God dwell in us and admonish us and teach us and fill us with, with good things, God. As you guide us in this life, I just pray the blessing of God that comes with that. Thank you for orchestrating our lives, for guiding our footsteps. And I just pray for a spirit of obedience, God, as, as you point out things that we just say yes to you because it's for our benefit. We love you so much. Thank you for your grace. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen.